0: caught my attention because of her thick, long, red hair and her bright eyes. And she had something I found very special. While we were chatting, I could feel that she was allowing time and space to happen. That has started my curiosity to show up. And I have to say, for me, she is a full embodiment of sensuality of presence and also of i think playfulness something we just so often forget about in life so i do welcome you for today's episode the human project your podcast for inspiring stories i am Corinna rosa feikenberg so let's get our conversation with sophie french started Sophie. Yeah. I gave you some cards and you received prosperity. What does it mean to you?
1: Mm, prosperity to me means abundance and richness and delight and bliss and colour. It's like a, it makes me see so much light and magic and good things coming, like an overflow of good things is what prosperity means and feels like.
0: It's a beautiful definition. And when you've taken the card, you were smiling, you were saying, wow, this sign, it has been showing up during the last couple of days as well.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, it has been around in any cards I've pulled, any readings I've had. I'm like voracious at... Wanting to know all the things and knowing what's coming, astrology and prosperity has been, yeah, a key message for what is coming up, which is really exciting. So, I learned that you're a very spiritual person.
0: What other things, let me just three, I should know about you?
1: Mm, good question three things to know about me Mm, the first one is that I'm (laughs) currently going through my Saturn return which in astrology terms is like this time of mm, the first word that comes to mind is turmoil and it is kind of like that it's like when your life is you've built your life to a certain Mm -hmm. point and then the universe shows up and comes in and breaks down anything that wasn't working for you, anything Mm -hmm. that wasn't feeling good, anything that wasn't aligned with your path or your direction. It's almost like you've built this house of cards and anything that isn't stable or isn't meant for you is knocked down and we have like this three-year period. So I'm in that right now in this phase of my life of letting go of things that were not working and rebuilding and building and the foundations of what's to come and what's next. So that's one thing. Another thing to know about me is I have been living in Bali for a year and it has been the best Example of what happens when we follow our knowing even when it doesn't make sense. So coming for a two-week holiday and then ending up being here for an entire year and it has been like the best year of my life in so wow. many ways. Um, so yeah, that I live in Bali now and that's like real life. I left my whole life behind and this is now where I call home for now. And a third thing would be... Mm, I'm very excited about life. I love meeting new people. I love being on this adventure. I feel like it's a treasure chest and we just get to keep finding these Amazing jewels in people Mm. in humans in our experiences even when they're even when on the surface they don't feel like they're good or they feel bad or they're disruptive or upsetting I think everything that happens to us really shows us whatever we need at the time and I like to see it as being on this exploration into jewels and gems and the things that we get to find and the jewels and gems in us as well Um, yeah
0: so beautiful thank you Mm. and it was also so beautiful not just to listen to you but to observe you while you were speaking you made little breaks and you took the time to close your eyes and to go in to have a look inside, what's coming up. And you looked so relaxed, and you had this lovely smile. Right now, here it is again, that is so full of joy, and it's juicy at the same time, you know. Mm-hmm. It's full of good vibes. Mm-hmm. I remember when I saw you, the first time I asked for you to be photographed by me, um, you have beautiful red hair, red-orange hair, which is so how to stay a kind of fire element to mm-hmm. me and then this eyes those eyes they are blue greenish gray mm-hmm. yeah very very special and i said to you, to you before that your energy is playful at the same time it's like oh i'm looking what's coming around the corner mm-hmm. it's full of adventures adventure spirit mm-hmm. what would you say to what extent adventures in life are important for you versus a life I know exactly what I do tomorrow. Mm -hmm. You said your dad, he's working in the financial field Mm -hmm. so most probably he's having a different time schedule than you do. Mm -hmm. Um, So tell me, how important is this kind of adventure feeling? Not knowing what comes next, the uncertainty in life.
1: Mm. Yes, I, I feel like I really thrive on well, I want to say on the uncertainty of life, but as I say that, I remember hearing something from Tony Robbins of like people think oh, that they it. like uncertainty and it's like, yeah, only if it's good stuff. Like you <laughs> like surprises as long as it's a good one. So as I say it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's interesting. Is that actually true? Um, but what I am doing more of is learning to embrace uncertainty and be excited about what is unfolding Um, and being in more of this flow state, I definitely feel like for the past year has been this experiment, you know, being in Bali which feels like a very flow kind of energy I have been on this experiment of like how much can I lean into the unfolding of just being open to what's here, to what's meant to be, how can I follow that flow in comparison to a life of feeling the need to know what's coming and know what the structure is and to have the house and the partner and the plan and be doing the same thing as everyone else is doing this like checklist I feel like I've done now this absolute contrast where life now feels way more exciting because we don't know what's coming anytime and i think that's what gives it so much richness of you know even in this connection with you we've had this connection and then you're like going to germany and it's like wow we were both so open in this like open hearted of like you seem cool i like your vibe i want to connect and when we can live like this and be open to this like you never know what connections you can make, what opportunities can come your way, and where these like adventures and connections can take you. And that just means every single year that we get to be here is exciting and is worth being here for. It makes it fun and it's certainly never dull, that is for sure.
0: You are coming from the northern part of London, one and a half hours away from London. You are 30. You arrived here in Bali with your boyfriend. You split it up shortly after your arrival. How is it for you? You have been dating for quite a long time, I think something like seven, eight years. How is it for you to exactly not complete that list that a woman at the age of 30, coming from the UK, close to London, maybe has in mind, like getting settled, having kids, having a lovely husband, Having some financial stability, yeah? all those criteria that society is maybe measuring still
1: women against.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What are your thoughts on that? Mm. It's certainly been something to really come to terms with, in in terms of this, yeah, societal expectation, and it's. It came to that realization of like, well. I had all of the things, I ticked off the boxes, I was there and yet deep within me there was a deep, a sadness, a questioning, a something that was saying this is not it, it looks like it or it looks like it could be close but something doesn't feel right Mm -hmm. and there was this moment where I decided to, you know break things off and change my life where I had to think like what am I going to be happiest about that I stayed in the checklist and I completed this like made up reality or when I'm like on my deathbed am I going to be thinking oh I'm really glad that I ticked off those things that society said I should do that success or is a successful life following your heart, following your feelings, following what feels right or doesn't. I just feel like as long as I've done that, even if my mind can't make sense of it, even if society doesn't agree with it or expect it, I will know when I'm with myself on my own on the last Mm. day here, I followed that and that feels like a metric of success. For me, And that's how I'd really like to continue living wherever that might lead. Maybe to a nice husband, but maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. And that's okay. <laughs> exactly, yeah.
0: Society can be a burden sometimes because society is so strong. There are so many unspoken expectations in there. Would you view yourself and your lifestyle and how you are, like from an external view, having a look on you, you look very special. So how is it for you? Do you feel like being part of society or do you view yourself as observing society, its pattern, its rules, its manipulative tricks? Hmm? Do you view it rather from an external angle or do you self yourself being in the middle of that flow?
1: Mm. I definitely see myself as an observer. I have always had this feeling that I've been like on the outside looking in, always questioning how humans interact, questioning what's going on, being quite sensitive to what's going on around in society. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely say I'm an observer. And again, being here in in Bali, it feels like I'm in a bubble looking at the rest of the world essentially in a from a different um, perspective or in a different way of Being and almost looking at my old life, too. I'm an observer of that. Of like, oh, I see how that happened. I see how you felt as though you should be living in a certain way, and that's okay. But I can also see how you are different now, and how you want to live in a way that questions society Mm. and that doesn't just follow the rules and actually follows my own rules, like more my own intuitive sense of what feels good for me, for my life, for my decisions. Does that feel right? And moving with that instead.
0: I would assume it requires a lot of self-confidence not to go just easily with the flow that society is offering you because it is also quite comfortable to just go with the flow. So you told me in your early 20s, you made a crucial experience. You have worked in business, so you were part of this business system, the business wheel. You worked Mm -hmm. a lot, and then something happened. You couldn't get out of bed for something like three months. You had to stay in to get all your part of the old energy at least Mm -hmm. back. Mm -hmm. And then you became someone who's helping other people to overcome their fears, maybe to expand. to view things differently. You became a coach. And you said you became a coach for business people, largely for business owners, for entrepreneurs. So this um, what happened in your early 20s, how would you describe it? And what kind of lesson could you take away so that you were able to have now a life that is maybe closer to what you originally wanted to be?
1: Mm, Yeah, so... Early on in my 20s, I was working for a PR company and I was very, I like worked my way up really quickly. It was really fun, but very, very stressful. And I had so much responsibility, worked all the time, and was exhausted. So then I moved to Australia and saw that there was this very relaxed way of living and being. And I was like, wow. That initially changed my whole mindset because I was like, huh, the world and work doesn't have to be how we want it to be or how we have experienced it. It doesn't have to be so like, um, hard and heavy Mm -hmm. and busy. And I was like, okay, that's great to know. How do I experience that for myself? Mm -hmm. So I thought the answer was of course, to work for myself, to start my own business and to do my own thing like surely that's ultimate freedom and so I did start working for myself and it was amazing to be making my own money and working with these businesses and yet I'd built like this 9 to 5 of my own and it was more of a a 7am till 11pm every single day Being totally exhausted at the beck and call of my clients, feeling like I needed to be there for everyone all the time. Now I just wasn't a cog in the wheel of a company. I was running a company and being the accountant and the marketeer and I was running on these programs that says this has to be hard if you make this a success. And so eventually my partner at the time had to peel me away from my laptop to take me away, where I was just like a shell of myself. And then by the Christmas of that year, I switched off my laptop and I couldn't switch it on again for, a nu- for three months. I was absolutely exhausted. I was sick. My grandma also passed away during that time too. So I was in grief. And I was still desperate to get back to work. Like I still wasn't even processing grief because I just felt like I had to work and I was letting people down. And what does this mean about me? I must be lazy. And it was then that I realized like if that is what running a business means, then I don't want to play anymore. I don't want to be in this. There has to be a different way of Working, There has to be a different way of living that is not conducive to how I've been doing it. So what does that look like? And then I essentially went on this quest to find it. And yeah, I found a lot of it in rest, allowing ourselves to rest. And that is a lot of the message that I share now.
0: Allowing ourselves to rest that seems so contradictory to what you see in the western world people running around in shopping malls back home doing A, B, C, D having to-do lists having podcasts teaching them what to do to just let it go to do more yoga to do meditation everything how should one get more rest?
1: Mm. I definitely would say to be putting it back as a priority mm-hmm. in the first place which sounds so simple but as humans we've gone so far into technology and to being connected all the time into feeling the weight of the world and responsibility we've actually forgotten that rest is like a crucial part of our lives and our well-being People have even forgotten that, like, sleep is really important, you know? People are answering emails at 3 a.m. when they go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. Like, that's not rest. That's not switching off our brains. We really want to be, like, our nervous systems are now activated more than ever before. Mm -hmm. Longer than ever before. More than ever before and it's so crucial that we are actually switching that allowing the parasympathetic nervous system to switch on so that we feel deep rest in our body because essentially that means we can work better that we can be more productive and that most importantly we can live more fulfilling lives and like be in this experience So to rest more is to really, I think, first understand the importance of it and that it's there for a reason. And it's really key that we actually utilize that.
0: How does a perfect rest for you look like? Is it like watching Netflix? Is it lying in bed and counting time to pass? How does it look like for you, that special moment of a rest?
1: Mm, i love this question because it's been such a journey for me still to be able to actually rest because sometimes you can think that you're resting but you're not (laughs) you know you can be like oh yeah i'm really resting i'm reading this book while i'm half looking at my phone and then i'm watching netflix but while watching this other thing or thinking about this and think that you're resting but it's not so My version of rest now is switching off my phone, just not having access to it, having really strict boundaries over when I'm using it or not using it. It is taking myself somewhere, whether it's like retreating in my bedroom or taking myself off somewhere to be and doing really deeply restorative things. So that might be some yoga that actually relaxes my body. Last week I had my first experience of a float tank, which was the most restful experience. How cool is ever that? It was I so never did cool. it. Yes. Wow. It was amazing. I have not felt that like deeply rested and restored for a really long time. So it was a new sensation, a kind of little adventure. Mm -hmm. yes it was very new it was like that next level of rest because it's a sensory deprivation is the point of it and it really helps you to see how much we are stimulated all the time in all of our senses so to be able to go to this like dark quiet space within was such a treat and that was like real deep rest and also a lot of subconscious meditation i do so like hypnotherapy Things that actually take me down into a restful state that tap into my subconscious and help me to deeply go into rest. Because we're so wired to not, it can just take a little bit of priming and a little bit of conditioning until we ah, finally let ourselves really drop.
0: Mm -hmm. How many
1: hours a day do you sleep, Sophie? Hmm. I sleep, so I fall asleep maybe ten thirty and wake up about seven thirty. So what is that? Oh, eight or nine. Nine hours.
0: hours. It's a nine-hour sleep. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Since when have
1: you been practicing that? Hmm. I I feel like sleep has always been super important, like a really good sleep. So I want to say forever. People have always said like, oh, Sophie loves a nap or she loves to sleep. And it used to be like a funny joke. And now it's something Mm. I'm so proud of, you know, of like, no, I, yes, I do need to sleep because I am a human and that is what we need to do. Um, This is so important, the message.
0: Sleep is underestimated. Mm. It is so important. If I have a nice, lovely sleep. The whole day is different, mm-hmm. the whole day is different. Yeah. So what is your idea when one of your clients comes and say, at night I'm waking up, I have all my business figures in my head, I have business problems I cannot solve, how can I please find a peaceful sleep at night? Mm-hmm. What kind of uh, consultants advice do you hand them over?
1: Hmm. Yeah. So I work with clients with a process called EFT, which <laughs> is a mode of emotional freedom technique tapping. Um. So this is something I will teach them and help them work through like that for me. Whenever my mind is buzzing or all over the place, tapping through it and essentially just releasing whatever we've got in our brain and and it's a sensation of telling our bodies or our minds it's okay to fall asleep now it is okay to be asleep Um, also recommending switching off digital things and then actively brain dumping before bed anything that is on your mind anything that might be playing on it before you go to sleep getting it out so that it's not flying around before you finish your day and also any meditations any things that can actively tell you There is nothing else you need to do right now. Just allow yourself to fall asleep. Like, just these small shifts and movements to, like, just allow our bodies to know that it is safe Mm -hmm. for us to go to sleep. Because they're so wired in an evolutionary way, you know, if we think we're in danger or they're switched on they need a little bit of comfort a little bit of it's okay you're allowed to go to sleep now so it's like speaking to ourselves asking ourselves what is it that we need what would I say to a little child that couldn't sleep Mm, and had all the ideas and the excitement Mm. like you'd say hey it's time to sleep now calm like let's get calm what do you need let's read you a story Mm. you know this is what again we all are as humans Mm -hmm. and the things that we need so i think just being more mindful to ourselves of how to relax
0: you said social media connection to the internet to this virtual world where you are also part of because you have thousands of followers on instagram and you of course using this as a tool also to bring your business forward so it has some advantages i like it as a user as well it provides information, new perspectives. But I find sometimes it's really difficult to draw the line when it becomes toxic. So you, as an active user also of the social media, how, where, what are the criteria? If you say, now it's, it's a bit too much, I have to go out again. What do
1: you do then? Mm, yes, yeah. so social media is like one of those tools that I'm so grateful and thankful for and I think the key thing is knowing mm-hmm. when I'm getting into any addictive behaviors or addictive patterns and seeing it as what it is in terms of this like dopamine hitter that it hits us like a drug with this thing. So if I'm waking up in the morning and instantly reaching for my phone, I'm like looking at that, of like, well. How would I feel if I was immediately reaching for a cigarette right now or immediately reaching for a beer right now? I wouldn't, I would ask questions to myself about that. So there's no difference in that. So I start seeing any like addictive patterns and where it Mm -hmm. may not be and start almost weaning myself off of that Mm -hmm. before it comes in. So I'm very aware of my user time and again it's been a practice but it might be like setting a timer and seeing social media as like a place I'm going into so I'll be like right for 10 minutes I'm going in and I'll do as much scrolling as I want I'll do as much messaging as I want get back to wherever I need to and then I'll actively f- pull myself out it's just this like energetic place that we can go to and I think being mindful of how we're using it same way again we would be with food it's Mm -hmm. one of these like external things that we look for sometimes for distraction and sometimes to help us not feel our feelings sometimes because we're Mm -hmm. searching for something outside of ourselves social media is simply another example of how humans use these tools to think that they need something outside of them but actually when we can just be mindful of that and see how we would be treating any other thing like food or TV or anything else it just helps us get a little bit of distance from it and to be able to come back to ourselves and look inwards for what is it that we're actually searching for or seeking in that
0: I love it, thank you you said before you are kind of observer of society of human behaviour you're coaching humans, right? so you know a lot about humans. How do you view humans, the humanity? Do you have a positive attitude, also in regard of environmental aspects, how we treat certain animals, how we treat each other? So, what is your inner personal view on humanity? Is it full of love and understanding? and forgiveness and if not when there are certain moments of bitterness or i just don't understand my neighbor whatever it is what do you do then to not lose maybe hope
1: hmm. i would love to say that I really see humanity as this like love-filled love-filled amazing place and for the most part I try my best to do that but yes there are so many things about humanity that have really fallen off track and really cannot be how we were supposed to be or Mm -hmm. live and in that What I see is just so much fear that everyone, that there are two sides to humanity. There is the love side and the love filled part that people are mostly craving and connecting. That I really think everyone deeply, truly is craving. And there's this other side that is driven by so much fear and uncertainty and worry and disconnection from self and from each other and I think that is when when we're so disconnected is where we take these actions that are not healthy or are not good but I think in this the thing that helps me to see people understand people to not take everything so personally is to imagine everyone as children as like these babies that came out into the world not having a clue why we're here and relying on the world to support us to take care of us to help keep us alive and that's where we all came from like regardless of where everyone is we have all been a baby we all came from the same place and we're all just children in adult bodies trying to figure out what on earth we're doing. And when I'm able to see us all as that person, that child, just trying to do what they think is best, trying to protect themselves, trying to figure out how they think they should do things and simply going with whatever they've been told to be true and conditioned, It really helps to just have a little bit more compassion to why the state of the world might be in the way it is in and for individual people, why they may behave that way. It really helps to just drop into that more understanding and not being so caught up in the story of humans being. Terrible. I don't think we were made that way, nor are. Such powerful
0: statement. Thank you very much for sharing. Thank you. You're ready for three questions? Oh, yes. <laughs> mm, think of the worst thing that happened to you. What did you learn from it?
1: Hmm. Oh wow, I think the worst thing that's happened so far was my grandpa passing away really suddenly. And a week before that I'd crashed his car and hadn't had a chance to tell him. And the following week I just woke up in the morning and had this knowing that something bad was going to happen and I had no idea what it was but it led me to go and see him that day to um, explain what had happened, to make sure we were at peace, to make sure everything was okay and then that was the night that he passed away and in that knowing of how deeply my intuition or something outside of me told me took me guided me to that that changed my perspective on the world and life forever it helped me to really believe and have witnessed a greater force that is within us should we have the courage to follow it or see it or allow that to take us wherever it needs to
0: Now comes an easy one. (laughs) What's an activity that you don't currently practice or do that you would love to learn?
1: And what's holding you back? Mm, Great question. An activity would be The first thing that comes to mind is singing. So the only singing that I do now is singing in the shower. (laughs) And as much as my housemates are so kind and tell me that they loved hearing it, I'd love to be doing more of that in the world and singing and sharing.
0: You want to start right now?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Because the thing holding me back... Is deep fear of all the stories of like, what if I'm actually not any good? What if this is horrible? These are the thoughts that go on in my mind. Um, yeah, the thought of it makes me feel sick. But this year, it's going to happen.
0: Feel free. You're more than invited right now. <laughs> Isn't it funny that I hear that very often The singing this to open up here Mm. that we are so locked in. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's our voice and I heard once everybody can sing. Mm
1: -hmm. We just
0: lost that practice. Mm, I'm looking forward for that day when you're finally singing up loud. Thank you. The last one. How would you explain the word love to someone without using the word love
1: wow Hmm. I would say it feels like magic in your whole body it's like blissful tingling sensation and it You see clearly, you see people clearly, you see yourself clearly, and you remember who you are and what you're here for and what's important. Yeah, that is how I would describe it. Mm.
0: Beautiful. Big, big, big thank you for my side. It was a pleasure to have shared the time with you for this wonderful conversations. Thank you so much. Thank you
1: so much.
0: Mm. Mm. thank That's you. Beautiful. for me a very special conversation and I feel now very joyful, I have to say. I do hope that you feel the same or you feel, of course, how you feel, but I do wish that you feel at least inspired. If you enjoy listening to my podcast, I would kindly invite you to subscribe to the channel and to leave a review on Apple Podcast check also out our Instagram the human project underline podcast and make sure if you want to find out more about Sophie to check out our show notes there you can find more information about her thank you very much for your time and for your attention and I'm already looking forward to spend more time with you until then keep on shining yours Corina Rosa